filed for my LLC, started getting some more clients, uh, worked some events around Orlando and, you know, had, had a lot of good, good people I worked with and, and great events and great times. But then there was some that were, <clears throat> that were tough and, and you realize the, um, this is the create more now podcast, the show that's dedicated to help you create more dynamic content. Whether you're a YouTuber, photographer, or small business owner on a budget, this is for you. My name is Jake Smith. I'm a content editor and social media producer that's had the privilege of working with small business owners all over the world. I'll be your host today. Now let the show begin. All right, everyone, let's get the show going. It is Jake here, your host of Create More Now, the podcast that's dedicated to help you create more dynamic content. I hope you're doing great today on Wednesday, May the 27th. Um, I mean, I'm doing great. You can't complain. Um, just when you get to work from home and create and stay in your boxers or tank tops or basketball shorts, whatever you pick, it's it's a win-win for me. And uh, I'm excited to be bringing you this episode, the first episode of the podcast. Um, I mean, this first one's going to be probably pretty short. Not too sure yet, but I'm just going to give you a little background on uh, my journey of of being a, a photographer into a videographer and then ultimately just an overall content creator and a content distributor. Um, so I like to call myself or a content producer. Some people would call me basically I just help uh, get the best strategy to leverage your content and get everything out in an efficient manner and make it look good and sound good. And that's all we need. If you can make your content look good, sound good and get to the right people, well, then you're going to have a pretty good success at uh, your content being well-received, whether you want to uh, use it as a lead generator, sales, or you just want to uh, be creative. That's the ultimate goal is get it out to enough people and get it made. So um, I'll tell you about a little bit about me. I started as a photographer back in 2009. I uh, got my first camera uh, in the winter of 2009, um, freshman year of high school decided to take photo one, uh, going into my sophomore year. So I had a couple months just to play around, figure out the viewfinder. I was always interested in, in, uh, you know, just, just documenting things and things that were in front of me, freezing them in time was always something I was interested in. So photography just seemed like an easy A for me in high school. Um, you know, you show up, take some photos, leave, right. It can't be that hard. Once I got into the, uh, psychology of it and how you can develop a, a pleasing picture and something that, that, people can relate to. And, um, you know, just with, with your composition and, and your editing style that people can feel and, and they all, they all have their own emotion towards. That's when I really started to understand that, uh, I liked it. Um, but I graduated high school, didn't really pick up a camera too much more after just shot here and there when I was on vacation, get some things that were going to make me happy. And, uh, what I call like artistic, everyone, when they're a photographer just thinks that they're artistic and they, um, they're only shooting for themselves. You know, I wouldn't do any portraits. I wouldn't, never interested in people, wouldn't shoot dogs or events. I just wanted to shoot amazing landscapes and scenes that, that made people feel a certain way. Um, and I've carried that same motive to today. Obviously I'd, you know, shoot whatever I need to shoot to, um, get the content out. I'm not as picky as I used to be, but that was, that's something that I still believe that I have, uh, in my back pocket is that every single time I'm making something, I want people to feel a certain way. I want you to feel a certain way about this podcast, whether you like it, you hate it, whether it helps you for two episodes or you only tune in, you know, these first three minutes and 10 seconds. Um, it doesn't really bother me. I just want whoever is going to relate to the content to do it and uh, reach out. So if you guys, 
if you feel the same way, just let me know. Um, shoot me a message on Instagram at beardlensphoto. And um, I'd love to talk to you about, about what you think your content means to you and what your goal is for, uh, of getting it out and getting it to the right people. After I graduated high school, I went to college for, you know, four years, got my bachelor's and going into my sophomore year, halfway through my sophomore year is the same kind of mentality I had, um, still had the same camera, still was shooting for fun every once in a while. And I saw the opportunity to, um, take a elective photography course, an elective arts course, and then go into a photography's course just to get, you know, GPA booster, easy a something that I could, uh, you know, just graduate with and get my degree as a criminal justice major and, and go be a cop and work for fish and wildlife. Um, staying outside, being outside, staying active is something I've always loved. I guess that kind of ties in with the landscape, uh, <clears throat> landscape mentality or landscape portfolio I was trying to build when I was a kid. I've just always loved, you know, fishing and being outside in the woods and camping. And that's just, uh, that was my direction when I was in school was to get my criminal justice degree, work for fish and wildlife, stay outside and you know, get my pension, retire and call it a day. Um, after taking a couple of those courses though, I realized that I, you can't get rid of the bug. Once you have that desire to make something and call it your own and, and mold it and, and just, and just, you know, call something, call, call your own project your own. That was something I wanted to keep doing. And that's, that's kind of what, what drove me to, um, start bearded lens photography, which was originally a, <laughs> A portrait business. It was doing college grad photos at Florida Gulf Coast. And I would just charge, you know, 50 to 75 bucks a head just so people would value my work a little bit. And I just wanted to shoot and see the people's reaction when they got them and, and just thank, be thankful as hell that they were going to um, be able to remember their graduation. And that's, that was the start of it. And then it got into events and I would shoot for well, local listings and magazines. If there was a, uh, if there would be an event or for, you know, small college bars where kids were throwing up all over themselves and making out with their exes. And I would get harassment emails after working at the bars because, or harassment Facebook messages, because, you know, girls would say, you need to take this photo down. Like, no one can see me with this guy. And it's like, well, honey, you, you know, you made that decision. You, you let me freeze you in time with, with my photo. And you actually asked me to take that photo. So, um, no, I'm not going to do it. And, um, beard lens photography was soaring high and high and mighty, I would say in, in college. Um, after I graduated in 2017, um, in August, I packed up my truck and I decided to drive around the country for three months. Um, I was at a weird crossroads with, with trying to figure out if I still wanted to be in law enforcement and this whole, like, you know, creating thing, this whole taking photos and people being, into it and, and just having a certain, having a certain sense of like enjoyment out of, out of people enjoying your own work. Um, so I've decided to go on a road trip, moved from Fort Myers up to Orlando for a couple months, um, had everything planned out. And I was like, I'm just going to go camp, write, read, hike, you know, just, I'll come back and be a cop. I don't really think this is for me, but I, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and lo and behold, about three to four days before I left, uh, for my road trip, I had one of my old fraternity brothers from Florida Gulf Coast who lived in Orlando um, put a post out, and he said that he had one of his clients that he managed uh, doing a mural. He was an artist, and he wanted someone to do a little photo shoot and video shoot. Well, up to that point, I never shot a video a day in my life, so I said, let's do it. 
there's, <laughs> there's really nothing to lose. I'm going to get a hundred bucks either way. And I know my photos are going to be killer because that's what I do. I've been doing it for five years now at this point. And it was, uh, it was something that I was super psyched for. And I knew that I'd be able to crush and, and I did. And I met, um, met the artist. His name's Jay. Jay's a really good friend of mine now. And we had one of the, honestly, one of the most fun shoots ever. We just hung out in the, in the warehouse and he would spray paint and I would, you know, tell him to move here. I'd get it under the ladder. I had the drone going in the, in the garage that I bought. I <laughs> didn't really know how to use, but I had a Phantom 3 Pro. Um, and I'd, I'd fly it in the warehouse and it couldn't track cause it didn't have any, any GPS. And it was starting to go sideways and almost hit a rafter. And it was honestly one of the most fun shoots I've ever had. And then, like I said, it was just spur of the moment right before I left for that, um, that road trip. So get the job done, get it out. Um, the video is awful. I've watched it multiple times since I finished it. Um, even in the past year and it's, it's comical how bad it was, but at this time I thought it was a shit. And, um, that's kind of the mentality I think I've always had is, is being able to, uh, just get it out get it out. And, and no, no matter what someone uh, thinks about it, I'm, I'm going to be proud of it. And Jay liked it and his manager, Carlos liked it. And that was, that's all I needed. <clears throat> I just needed two other people, three, if you included my mom that, uh, that liked it. And, and that was all the only push I needed. So lo and behold, um, went on a road trip for three months. I drove 15,000 miles all the way up from Orlando to, uh, Wisconsin across the Northern border of the U S over to Seattle um, I flew from Seattle to Jersey. I worked on the world poker tour for a week. So I was, uh, at a 5am call time, I had to be on set around seven. So you had to eat at six, six thirty. make sure you're good to go dressed for the full day. You know, you're wearing full attire, pants, long sleeves. Um, and all I did was I was a production assistant for a week on that trip. Um, mind you, I'm living out, <laughs> living out of a backpack because I've been living out, I've been on my, tr in my truck for a month and, um, I was, you know, I was in, uh, Atlantic city. I was at the Borgata doing the world poker tour as a production assistant. And for 10 to 12 hours a day, all I did was take notes and listen and, uh, learn from this guy, Dave, who just, who showed me that, um, he had his own freelance business, but on the side, he, he worked for the world poker tour as their main videographer. He showed me how to log tapes and work time codes. And basically he, he showed me that there was a legitimate route that you could go that you didn't have to, um, you know, you just didn't have to shoot things in your backyard and hopefully you blow up on YouTube. Cause let's be real. Like when you're a kid, that's all you think you put out a video on YouTube or Facebook and you can, um, change the world. Well, if you're lucky, yeah, but if you're smart, that's the worst way to go. Um, Dave was smart and he really showed me how you can leverage, you know, the skills that you have and, and the, uh, the knowledge you have that he, he travels all around the world. He would go down to Chile and he would go to Jacksonville for world, world poker tours. And he said he was going out to Germany later that year. And, you know, they were going on a trip to China cause he knows my uncle and, and my uncle was flying him out to shoot content from his own freelance business. So that was kind of my, a huge eye opener <laughs> in the middle of me traveling around the U S was I got flown from Seattle by people that had no idea who I was to go to Jersey. They paid me 800 bucks and housed me and fed me for a full week just to take notes, like just to listen to someone and, and, and see, I got paid to see that this was possible. So that was, um, a, a amazing. Cause then I finished up the road trip, um, drove down through California, you know, went through Nevada and I've, I met all different types of people, all different walks of life, people that were just, that would live in the woods and kids that were road tripping to go to college. And this one girl that broke her ankle 
that was, she was climbing up a mountain that I was on and she was just a badass. But like this whole road trip just changed my whole perception of what I could do. <clears throat> and that, uh, I knew that I wasn't going to be a cop. So that was the, um, the kind of the deciding factor was I started the trip and I thought it was just going to be fun, come back and go back to normal life. And, um, when I came back, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> the game was over. Um, Jay and his manager reached out to me, uh, the same guy that I worked that, that shoot with, they reached out to me and they said, um, we're working on a docu-series and we need someone to film it. Are you down? We like your video. <laughs> well, thanks guys. But, um, that was still the first video I ever shot. And I don't know why you liked it and you gave me the job, but they did. And, um, I was given the opportunity and I, I lived in Jay's house for three and a half months. Um, slept on the hardwood floor. I just had my bedroll that I had when I was camping and, and slept in a bedroom with a duffel bag and a suitcase I lived out of pretty much in a couple hangers. I had my towel hanging on a, a rolling clothes rack. Um, didn't even have a towel hanger in my room. I would wake up in the morning at about 10, eat, 9 to 10, eat, and then I'd shoot. I'm not kidding. And until the sun went down, I'd probably knock out 200 photos edited a day. Um, out of those 200, there would be, you know, the, the 10 bangers, the 12 bangers that, that we would post and keep and be really proud of. And then, um, we would also, we would just shoot videos every day. We, uh, I got so good to the point where I was turning a video out every other day, every three days <clears throat> and, and Jay and I were able to communicate and flow and, and figure, really figure out this whole creative process and how we could get a brand going. I mean, the whole, the whole purpose was, was for me to shoot a docu-series to, uh, show what it's like when you're an artist to go full-time into art. He just moved into a six-bedroom house. He sold a company that he owned that was a print company, and he was really trying to figure it out, and so was I. And I think that was that was really uh, really crucial to the, to the success of that docu-series. It's called um, The Art of Basil. If you guys want to search it on YouTube, I'll drop it down in the show notes as well. But it was either seven or eight parts. I don't really remember now. And all we did was just show the process and the grind and how much effort goes into someone going to Art Basel in Miami, which if you don't know, it's it's the biggest art convention in the world. It's only in Basel, Switzerland, Hong Kong, and Miami Beach. So I was basically put on this platform that uh, with this guy that no one knew and no one knew me and we were just trying to make a, make a, make some noise. Now we were trying to make some noise and get out there and, and see what we could do and he was um, really refining his his craft that he had for the past couple years of shattered glass uh, art over silk screens, and I was trying to figure out this whole video and creating a brand for someone. I just would put out content on his Instagram daily with him. You know, we'd probably put out two to three photos in a day, and we would uh, put out a video or two a week. And the speed that we did it and the precision and the ability to, uh, make decisions really showed me how <clears throat> content can move a brand. I mean, when I came in, he was at 17,000 followers. And then when he, when we finally kind of stopped, if stops even the right word, but when I ended up moving out about, uh, mm, let's say I probably moved out probably five months after moving in, um, for those three, I was living on the hardwood floor, like I said, and then I ended up bringing my bed in for a couple months. Um, all respect with Jay, you know, he's an older man, I ended up moving out to get my own place and he had his own place, but I moved his account from 17,000 followers to 44,000, 45,000. And like the only way that that happened was the amount of engagement and the amount of uh, posting the algorithm saw and just how his entire feed, like 
it went from s- someone taking photos on a cell phone to all the colors being, you know, uh, all the colors would flow together on, on his Instagram feed and all the photos were professional and the depth of field was something that no one's ever seen before because portrait mode wasn't, wasn't really a thing on iPhones back in um, 2017, early 2018. They just weren't, just weren't out. Like they were kind of there, but no one had access to them like they do today. No one really had portrait mode or knew how to, how to isolate your subject. So it was, um, it was something that I'd noticed that this is, this is something I can do. So, uh, lo and behold, after that beard lens photography was actually made, um, I filed for my LLC, started getting some more clients, uh, worked some events around Orlando and, you know, had, had a lot of good, good people I worked with and, and great events and great times. But then there was some that were, <clears throat> that were tough. And, and you realize the, um, that in the marketing and business industry and when people want your services, they'll do anything they can to try to, uh, they'll try to twist your arm to get you to cut, cut pricing off, or they'll try to make the communication seem like it's been elapsed if you're not on top of it. And, you know, they'll, they'll say they're not going to pay the certain amount. I had a couple, I had one person that basically ran me around for two months that, um, before the shoot, I worked, I shot for 12 days at an event and, uh, we had the whole thing planned out. He said he wanted my my video to look just like what I did with Jay the week before. I said, "Cool, sounds good," because that's how you found me. Was you know off of the work I did with him, with Jay, and um, got everything set up. Shot for twelve hours. Helped out middle of March in Orlando, which if you know it's hot, probably eighty eighty five degrees, ninety percent humidity. Like you're sweating. Um, I'm running around with a camera, and come two months later, there's been about eight revisions two different files made, you know, long one minute, one in a 15 second teaser trailer. Nothing is the way it was supposed to be when we agreed on it. And it was all because of the event organizer, um, not really understanding what they wanted and they didn't, they didn't hit their numbers and they didn't have the budget to pay for the content. So what ended up happening was they just said, scrap it, give us what you have. And, um, you know, we're not going to pay your, your eight We'll pay you like four or 500, whatever the hell it was. You know, they they basically paid like sixty percent of my original invoice, <clears throat> although they, you know, if you remember, twelve hours heat, eight revisions done to a file. Well, if you ever worked on a video and someone tells you they don't like the music or they want all these different clips changed around, your whole cadence changes. So, it it was a huge, huge defeat. Is honestly the best way to put it. Like, I was I thought this was going to be the route, and I saw one uh, one speed bump and I kind of got discouraged and, um, sat, sat back for a while. And, and I was bartending at the time and serving and, you know, I had some side income and I just basically started picking up more and more shifts until I went full time and let the, uh, the business kind of dissolve for a little bit. Um, you know, no, no, uh, no fault to that person. And, you know, it's honestly one of the best lessons I could have had was, you know, I didn't have a contract made up and I, I obviously wasn't, uh, strong enough when we were talking or, or let him know that, uh, what he was asking for, what he was doing was wrong. And I just needed to stand up for myself. And and that was one of the best, best lessons I could have learned because when I sat back in the bar for the next eight, nine months, however long it was, it might've been, honestly, it might've been a year until I got fed up to the point where I was, I wasn't progressing and I didn't have that feeling I felt of fulfillment and, and creativity and being able to, uh, like I said, make people feel a certain way with my work. And that's all I want. I just want someone to say, I like this. 
Appreciate it. Thank you. I love it. Awesome. That's all I want. But um, I was missing that. And and working in a bar is awful. If anyone's worked in the food service industry, you you might be out late one night and have to work early the next day. It doesn't really matter. You know, your body is running off of solely caffeine, which has prepped me to uh, to live the life I live now, which is great. But I was just getting worn out and I was getting irritable and I wasn't the person I wanted to be. And I, I decided to change it. So um, <clears throat> I just, I changed my life in the bar to, to be a normal, a normal person's life. I only worked day shifts um, Monday through Friday or Monday, no Friday through Monday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all days, one night shift would be sprinkled in there and just basically got myself onto a schedule to where I could wake up at 7 a.m., look for jobs all day for photography jobs, videography jobs, anything but working in a fucking bar was what I wanted to do. And, um, ended up, ended up finding one. And, uh, that's where I am kind of where I am now. So last, last June, um, 2019, I was, uh, went through the interview process and was lucky enough to get hired by a great, great person, great coach called Paul Goff. He is a, um, business coach for physical therapists and he helps them with their marketing sales and everything. And the one thing he was missing was constant content. He had the money, he had the clients, he had the reach. He's from England. Um, a lot of success, but he, one thing he was missing was just content. He had so much in the archives, but his team was so backed up. They didn't have anyone to make it with enough speed or, and they didn't really know how to, um, get it out to different platforms efficiently. Well, that's, that's pretty much where I came in out of what I was told 200 plus applicants. Um, I made it to the final two. And, um, to me, there was, that was it. That was all I really wanted was to be able to be accepted by someone to, to trust me with their content. Um, I wasn't shooting, I'm not shooting every day, but I put out a podcast every day. I've put out over 200 podcasts in the past year videos I couldn't even tell you. It's probably close to 150 videos, um, handwriting captions, you know, figuring out brand strategies to to have huge program launches. And I learned a lot about marketing and copywriting. And, and this past year has been a huge, huge, huge um, opportunity and a learning experience for me is just figuring out what works and how content works in not only the creative field, but the business field. How can you use it to market on Facebook and, and uh, get it out to to people that they're going to uh, relate to it right away? Because let's be honest, if, if you're watching a video for five seconds and you're not super interested into it, you're going to the next one. We all know that. But what's the formula? What's the psychology behind it? Like I said before, like I liked being able to uh, get people to, in, to like my photos when I first started in high school because it was just the way I shot them. Well, how do I get people to buy things a certain way or feel a certain way when they watch a video or see a a flyer made or something in Photoshop. Like that's, I've really tried to push myself in the past year to, to create all around. And, um, that's, that's, that's it. That's all I can really ask for is, is, uh, as I'm making this podcast for everyone is we're all on this journey together. Um, I kind of just told you mine was starting in high school, you know, road trip, all that shit. It's getting me to where I am now, where I thought I was just going to be a landscape photographer to, forever. And now I'm, um, you know, helping people with their own businesses all the way out in England and people in Washington and Seattle. And, and they're all asking me their questions in this, in this little community we have. And I thought I could, I could help bring that to, uh, any listeners of this podcast. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where I I just want to share. And, um, if anyone wants to listen, great. 
If you don't want to listen, fine by me. Go listen to another podcast. Joe Rogan's is amazing. Um, he just signed a $100 million deal, dollar deal with Spotify. So, you know, he's obviously has some good content. So if you don't want to listen to mine, that's fine. You can go over there. But if you guys do want to stay, if you guys are interested and you uh, you like the shit that's coming out of my mouth, um, I, I'm here for you. You know, I'm here to uh, get this podcast rolling. This is just the first episode. I wanted to get you a little familiar with me. Um, and just tell you that what, what I see this, what I see happening with this, um, the create more now podcast is strictly an audio experience for right now. Um, there might be a YouTube, YouTube version down the road, but as of right now, we're just going to be on the, uh, podcast platforms you're listening to us on Spotify, anchor, a uh, huge shout out to anchor for getting this out. I love them. I've used them for all of my podcasts. Um, but you'll be able to find us on there, Spotify, like I said, Apple, Google, Breaker, um, Podbean just uh, just emailed me saying that they're going to accept our podcast. So I'm really excited, um, and I want to be able to help you with any questions you have, whether it is with photography, lighting. Um, next week or on Sunday coming up, we're going to have an episode about sound and why it's so crucial to helping your content uh, explode. Because if you don't have good sound, it's just not going to work. So. Uh, that's that's kind of it. There's a whole whole structure planned out for you. I have my first 10 episodes already written down, ready to record, and I'm really excited. Um, you'll be able to find p- episodes coming out on Wednesdays like you have uh, with this one. <clears throat> we'll get two episodes out on Wednesdays every month. So you'll get two on Wednesdays and then every Sunday. So you'll be able to have six episodes a month. Um, ask me any questions you want. Uh, I'm down to help with anything. Um, and I really see this growing into a really good, tight-knit community of, of people that just have questions they want to ask or uh, about anything, um, whether it's about getting your content out, whether it's about marketing your brand, whether it's about getting a strategy built up for Instagram. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be answering all of it, photography, video, production, and strategy. And uh, I really, really, really am excited uh, for what is uh, going to be happening. So that's that's all I really have for you today. I'm just going to close it up saying um, since it is Wednesday, it is Whiskey Wednesday. So if you guys are drinking anything, just uh, <clears throat> either leave a comment on whichever social media platform you're listening to me on. We're on Instagram at createmorenow. Uh, it's going to be create.more.now. Also on Facebook, createmorenow. Or uh, just leave a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to and let me know what you're drinking on this Whiskey Wednesday. Uh, I am drinking Glenfiddich 12-year, you know, good classic fallback, um, just two ice cubes in there in my snifter, and I am going to uh, enjoy the rest of this night. And that's it. Like I said, guys, it's going to be a a really fun journey for this podcast, this audio experience for everyone to uh, come on, get your questions answered, and... um, Hopefully down the road, I can have some really, really kick-ass guests to uh, come on and talk about their own experiences. I have a couple that I'm already speaking with and trying to get lined up to get um, some multi-part series done um, to help you make some better decisions on your content creation strategies and purchasing gear decisions, all that. So sit tight. Next episode is going to be coming out this Sunday, May the 31st, last day of the month. So... Hope you guys enjoy and thank you so so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Create More Now podcast, the show that's dedicated to help you create more dynamic content. If you can do a favor 
and leave a review on whichever podcast platform you're listening in on. That gives us a huge boost in the rankings. Also, while you're here, give us a follow on social media at create.more.now on both Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much. 